Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. All right, welcome to Frontline. I'm Pastor Chavez. I'm Brother Jesse Pena. And uh, this is our sixth podcast, I think, sixth or seventh, 100th. I don't think it matters. Um <laughs> I hope you're all getting someone out of this. We're going to do a quick recap, and then we're going to head into tonight or today's or this episode's <laughs> topic. Amen. Yes, sir. So um, recapping of what we discussed in the last couple episodes, if you haven't listened to those, go back and listen to them. Um I believe this is episode six, I believe, yeah, but uh, we, did, we did talk about... Um, Self-reflecting, um, how it is a very important for a servant leader to do some self-reflecting. And we, we, um, in the last episodes, we covered some of those tools you can use. Um, we talked about the importance of finding a mentor, um, having that mentor provide you some good, honest feedback. Absolutely. Um, it's imperative to a servant leader that you find a mentor that, uh, one, you know, if you're in the church, you should make sure that it is, um, of good godly counsel. But it's imperative that, that that person, whoever your mentor um, is, that they be honest. Um, right. They're giving you honest feedback. Um, sometimes we can get in the habit, if especially we, and, and I'm, I hate to keep referring it, but you know, I like, no, I like to keep referring to our last episodes because that's what we have. But um, the example we talked about is like a proud people. We, right. we did discuss pr- people that were proud. Maybe it was a cultural thing or the way they were raised in their house, but. If you're someone who's proud and you do not accept good, honest feedback, you're going to seek the type of feedback that you want to hear. Not always is that a good thing. It's almost never a good thing. (laughs) Right. Putting a mentor in your life. I mean, and if you're in the church, that mentor needs to be your pastor. The primary mentor should be a pastor, but there's nothing wrong with having some other influences that can speak to you. You know, if you were one to the church, you might have someone that discipled you that you can trust or a youth leader, assistant pastor, assistant to the pastor, a men's leader or something like that. You know, you can have, you can have several, but the important part is that this person can speak into your life and tell you, Hey, you're not doing what's right. You need to pick this up. They need to, they, they need to kind of have a little bit of free reign. And ultimately, yeah, in the church, it should be your pastor that can just walk up to you and say, you know, clean this up or why weren't you at church and you give him an honest answer. Right. And if he doesn't feel like you're giving him an honest answer that he can tell you that, Hey, you're not being truthful. If you want to grow in anything, um, you need to have a good mentor in your life. Absolutely. And you, you alluded to it. And that was one of my points was, um, they need to be uncompromising. Uh, you know, just not only in the way that they live, but kind of what they're going to, the product that they're going to put, put out. Yeah. You know, we're going to get into, um, discussing, uh, today and I want to jump ahead, but, uh, some discipleship tools, but this is still, it's all, in, it's a, all in the toolbox of a servant leader is that, um, you find yourself, you know how to find yourself a good mentor that they are honest with you, uncompromising. Um, also in some of the previous, uh, topics of our last two episodes, we, we talked about, um, negative paradigms. We talked about how those negative paradigms can shape the way that you view um, people, 
the way you view certain situations, the world, uh, any, a lot of different things, but you know, most important, you, you get those, those negative paradigms, but you want to be able to identify them and figure a way that you can, um, counteract or, or, um, that you can get out of those negative paradigms. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I was thinking on this, uh, thought, you know, like, how, you know, we know negative paradigms are bad, but I was wondering, Pastor, maybe you can help me and, and answer this question for me, but do you think there are any dangers in having a positive paradigm? Can uh, you foresee any or like, you know, we could talk um, about that a little bit. Yeah. And you know what? There, I guess there can be some dangers in it. I think there's more danger in the fact that if you think you can, you can walk around sometimes and say, uh, that everything's going to be great because everything always was great. Mm, okay. Yeah. Right. So that, like that kind of head in the head in the clouds. I think that's the same correct. thing. Head in the clouds. Nothing can go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and because things can go wrong. Yeah. Now we can define this a little bit more later or we can do it now. I don't know, but we have the idea God's healed me in the past and he can heal me in the future. Yes, that's, that's a good, that's something, those kind of biblical concepts, those promises of God to say that are in the Bible, we need to keep those. Those are good right. to have in your life. Yeah. Those are good to those understand. Good, positive paradigms. They're good. Yeah. Um, but don't let it affect you to the place where if God doesn't heal you, he healed you in the past, but this time he doesn't heal you that you let that turn that paradigm of what God did in the past can do in the future, that that turns on you yeah, and it turns into something negative. And so you got to have a balance of it, but there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, God has taken care of me in the past. And so everything in the end is going to work out. I know right. it's all going to work out for my good. Okay. Um, so there, there's gotta be a balance of some of those things, whether you're in the church or in, you're in the secular world, you're in your job or you're in your home, um, sometimes results just don't always happen the exact same. Yeah. Right. So yeah, positive paradigms, they, they can change and they can, um, end up differently or they can end up the same. You can always want to keep hope. But what I'm saying is, I guess just balance yourself out as a servant leader. You want to balance yourself out because sometimes God's not going to answer others the same way he's answered you. Right. And you don't want to set people up for something that, you know, God's not into that same spot with them as he is with you. Um, but I, you do want to build their faith and keep their right. faith up. I, you know, I think back, I was, um, I was listening to this preaching. I can't remember who the preacher was, but they were sharing a, a testimony when they got into church and they said when they got in, I mean, everything was going right for them, you know, and it took time. Um, but he was talking about, man, God, you know, took away my depression, my anxiety, like all these things God had did for me. So, of course, naturally, you want that for your friends if you know they're going through that. So I talked a couple of friends into coming, he's, and they and they came, but they didn't get the same results I did. And they didn't, you know, and, and I think what that preacher said that I realize is they also didn't see the amount of time, the energy, the efforts, the, you know, everything that right. we're talking about, like discipleship that was going on in his life that it took him to get there and to get those those things worked out in his life. And that was all with the relationship right. with God. So I think as a servant leader, you need to be able to recognize, identify those things. And you, you were saying, you know, don't let a, you know, something that God did for you 
And and if um, if he doesn't do it that same way every single time, you know, it's God's will that we should be concerning our lives with. But if he doesn't do that way, don't don't have a negative paradigm. Don't develop a negative paradigm. Right. But you should have a good mentor that should be like, hey, and and they're praying too as you're praying. And they're so that's praying, a, or they're yeah. you know they're just sometimes. Uh, I believe there's an elder that will say some things you don't need to pray about. Sometimes you're just, oh, you yeah. know, something doesn't, is not going to turn out right. Okay. Or you know, it's not going to be the timing of God for them right now. Right. Um, or you just know it's not at the appropriate time. Like, you know, you get a new convert in the church. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not appropriate to get him up on the pulpit two weeks after he got into the church. You don't really need to pray about that. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, just because someone else got the pulpit two weeks coming in. Someone else doesn't get it. Some you just you have to um, you have to have discernment. You don't have to sometimes pray about everything. Right, you can yeah. tell certain personalities of things that people go through um, to help them develop the appropriate paradigms because paradigms are unavoidable. They're yes. gonna, they're just they're going to happen, um, and you have to control them. And you have to. We want the good ones to repeat themselves, obviously, Absolutely. and to stay in our life. I want good paradigms. Um, but negative ones, you know, we do need to stay away from. But uh, I don't know if that answers your full question. I think it does. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, um, it was just, uh, you know, the dangers of it. And I think you, you explained that very well. So. Awesome. Well, let's get into the topic. Um, this week, we're going to talk about discipleship. As a servant leader, something you're going to have to get real comfortable with is discipling people. If you're going to be in any kind of leadership within the church, uh, uh and your style is going to be servant leadership, you have to be comfortable with discipling people. People are going to unavoidably follow or want to get close to a servant leader. People are unavoidably going to uh, gravitate towards a, towards a servant leader. Uh, and you want to, you want to understand that you want to know that. So you want to get comfortable with, discipling people you want to get comfortable with uh letting of of living a life that's a life of discipleship and there are certain levels of it and there are things you have to stay away from there are things that you have to understand that you can't get involved in ever in order to disciple somebody Mm -hmm. um so some of those things that someone needs to stay away from uh is is a type of shallow discipleship. You know, shallow discipleship is a big deal. Um, it definitely doesn't win people to the church. It definitely doesn't build an organization. It doesn't build a company. It doesn't build a, uh, a, a people. It doesn't grow a family. Being shallow doesn't grow families. Um but we've got to stay away from it. And there are three, I think, three keys that I came up with to try to stay away from shallow discipleship. Um, and the first one is to have a conversion without commitment. If you're a servant leadership, you're unavoidably going to run into people. If you're a servant leader, you're going to run into people that, you know, they've, they've been converted. They've come into the church. And you're going to have to help them with their commitments. Right. Um, They're not going to understand keeping that commitment to God when it comes to the church or keeping that commitment um, to themselves, what that means. What does it mean to be, if you're in the church, what does it mean to be a Christian? 
What's it mean to be an apostolic when I go home? They're new. They're brand new. They might, if they're a new convert, they might go home and they've got a cabinet full of liquor. They've got a cabinet, you know, or they've got all kinds of bad habits. Right. And and they're not going to understand that. And they're going to need someone to help them. And so you're going to have to teach them commitments, help them stay away. And to be a servant leader, you've got to stay away from uh, a position that does not help people develop commitments. And I think that's a very, I mean, it's a, it's a very clear walk, but you got to also kind of have a lot of, uh, let's just call it situational awareness. Absolutely. Yeah. In, in your, um, in your purview, because yeah, I mean, there is one thing, if you know, someone's going through something and say you're taking the act of, of discipling them, you almost don't want to feed them like a spoon feed them to where they can't do it on their own. Right. Right. Because at that point in time, where you want to get them is, you know, hopefully where you're at and then and kind of advance them further. Because sure. as a good servant leader, we should not stay where we're at, right? This is, that's the whole continual process of always getting better. Growing. The leadership, right? The, right. Uh, the, the feedback that you get. I'm always going to get better. So you want them kind of, it's, it's, I just, I can almost in my mind envision, you know, like footsteps. You want them to follow after in your footsteps. Yeah, Think of absolutely. Like a big, you know, uh, snow surface right and you're walking you want them to be able to step in your footsteps and step in your as you're footsteps. going as yes. you're going further and forth, further in your walk with god in, in discipleship you want them to be there one day but what i was trying to get at is that you don't want to spoon feed them so much that they're helpless yeah no you don't want to in the beginning you're going to in the beginning you're going to spoon feed them a little bit okay. when they first mm-hmm. get converted but it should be a sh- relatively very short period of time right very short period of time and you've got to help them you know, put the apple before the horse, so to speak. Make the footsteps eventually to the point where they've got to walk um, on, you know, in, and they're going to follow in your footsteps. Um, help them with their commitments. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. We want to stay away from shallow discipleship, which is letting someone be, con- they, they get converted in the church and, you know, it's fly on your own. If you're going to be a servant leader in the church, you've got to find, you've got to, uh, help people develop commitments um, by showing them by your consistency. Yeah, your consistency. You're gonna just basically help them. You're gonna you may call them. Hey, didn't see you at service. Hey, do you need a ride to service? Hey, mm-hmm. do you need you know? Do you need that? If you go on a job, if you go on to the job, and you're you're brand new at the work, people are gonna check on you. Yeah, you're gonna get a standard, and you know you're gonna read an employee handbook. You're gonna get you know you read the job description, getting the job. But it can be so much different when you actually go and go to work. Right. Yeah. Like, man, this wasn't in my job description. But someone's got to check on you, and they're yeah. going to check on you. And you've got you're supposed to have a thirty, a sixty, and a ninety day review where you, you know, you get checked on. Hey, how you're doing, and what's going on, or hey, you missed this, or you missed that. People are watching if you're late or if you're on time. Right. A good boss is going to say, hey, what can I do to help you work better? Um, a, ser- a servant leader in the church is going to help a new convert. Um, they're going to help them adapt. That doesn't mean that they're going to go out. We don't, we're not going to push standards on people, on new converts. We want them to change on the inside. We want their heart to be converted and we want new commitments uh, made and helped kept. I think a lot of people fail because nobody helps them keep their commitments. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of people, a lot of new converts fail because no one's helping them, uh, following up on them. Yeah. You know, this is common. Uh, if I can just, you know, refer to the military for, cause I'd love to do that. Um, but it's what I do. It's, uh, it's common, very common. Like when someone comes in, I mean, you're, you're teaching them even like this should go as early as boot camp. And you could probably recall back to your experience yeah. as a boot camp pastor, but it's, it's funny because I've always heard this said, and it's after you don't realize it then, but after you say, like, someone always says, like, we're taking people from different walks of life. Right. And we are conforming them into the U.S. whatever, U.S. soldier, U.S. Right. airman, uh, the Marine, um, you know, the Navy, uh, personnel. So you're, you're literally forming them into that. So it's interesting because, like, it means that you're checking up on them. You're, you're making sure they're showing up to, everything on time that they're waking up, you know, making their bed. And it's, it's literally like a system right. that they go through. Yes. And it's, it's funny because I really, I really don't see the difference in living for God, the commitment that I make for living right. for God. I connected a lot to my military experience just because like, yes. I've had to live a certain way in the military for, you know, the past 19 years. So here I am. I mean, here we are going into, you know, my walk. I'm like, I correlate a lot. This is Absolutely. probably why once I understood in my life, like, Hey, you know what? This is no different when there's it's not, when there's church service, be there at church service and be show on, up time. on time, right? show up on time, show up for church, do <laughs> show up for formation, <laughs> show up for formation, do, do the right thing. No, absolutely, yeah. man. That's, it's such so. a big deal, um, to, to just help someone keep your commitments and you in the military, you've got good sergeants that are there yeah. to try to help you keep your commitment, which, you know, your commitment when you signed the contract was to be on time, to be ready for duty, and basic training is teaching you all of that. Now, Absolutely. of course, it's a lot rough. We're yeah. not going to walk around at church yelling at people to, <laughs> why are you late? Um, you know, but you're still got to follow up on people right. and help them. Hey, you know, it's good for me to be here on time. It's good for me to be here for pre-service prayer. It's good for me to discipline myself. Um, the second one is... Um, stay away from, how do I want to put this? I want to put this in the right words. And that is help people stay away from being converted without developing character. Right? So when you're converted in the church, you immediately got to start developing character, good characteristics of a Christian, good characteristics of an apostolic and a servant leader is going to help people develop their character. And I, and I, and I know it sounds backwards because we're saying stay away, you know, don't, don't have conversion without character. Um, but you, as a servant leader, you've got to recognize, you know, that sometimes people come in with some really bad habits. Yeah. They come in with some really rough backgrounds, broken marriages, addictions, you know, verb, the, the, their language can be really off mm -hmm. and things can, a lot of things can be just really bad. Their habits, the way that they live. And as a servant leader, you want to help people develop their character. Um, and so staying away from shallow discipleship is staying away from like, well, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not going to get involved with people. Yeah. I'm not going to get, I don't want to get involved with people. If you're a leader in the church, you've got to get involved with people. Right. 
I just think of that as like a, a like a bad example of that would be like I'm only going to deal with the shiny pennies. Right. I don't want to go near the people that are having those addictions that are all have tarnished. a foul mouth. Yeah. yeah, like I don't want to go to them because I can it's it's funny I'm very effective with people that are already put together well. Mm-hmm. But with these people so you need to recognize that yourself as a servant leader you you don't get to choose who your servant to. Right. Like you're, that is, it's in the title, servant. Like right. it doesn't say only servant to those that, that, you know, that see this, you know, see the importance of coming to church. No, you got to help the people that, you know, they're not, they're not going to church. Maybe they don't have, we talked about this last episode. They don't have that support system at the home. Right. And so, yeah, you're helping, you're coaching them to teach them why it is important that they stand on their own two feet because you could win your, your husband, your wife, your family, you know, whoever. Right. You are trying to win. You can do that by solidifying and being consistent, you know, and hopefully, again, you're the good example of what being consistent is. Right. You know, and Jesus made this. I mean, he it's the whole reason why he made this comment or he made this saying, and that is that the well are not in need of a physician. Right. Right. The well yeah. are not the people that are doing good. They don't mm-hmm. need the physician. So those shiny pennies that come in and totally adapt, they're not going to need the kind of attention right. that a broken young person is a youth um, or a marriage is going to need. And and there's a there's a danger in it. There's a danger in helping straight strengthen someone else. If they're new or helping them learn new, new, new character right. have, or have better character. Um, because you can put yourself in a really bad position, but if that, if you're the kind of person that can be influenced, then the truth is that you shouldn't be a servant leader. You shouldn't be in leadership yet. Right. You've got to get past that place. I want to share, I want to share this, uh, experience I had in the military. I was a, a section chief, um, basically in charge of, I want to say like 60 men, women. Um, and I was in charge of everything, uh, Yearly reviews, uh, decoration writing, getting them recognition, award writing, making sure that they showed up on work to work on time things. And I had this one airman, um, you know, he, he was just not a very good airman. <laughs> like he did not like to show up on work on time. He didn't like to do work when he was there at work. And, you know, I was having a lot of challenges and I had this, um, there were, there were two of us in the office and one of, um, you know, my peer, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get this guy kicked out. Like we're, we're done with this guy. And, you know, and it showed in, in, in this airman, he had a bad attitude. We tried many of, um, like, Hey, giving him feedback, like, Hey, we're noticing you're having a bad attitude when you come to work. You're not showing up on time. So there was many a times to be honest with him, give him the feedback. He just wasn't taking any of it. Yeah. So I was about done with him. I had this other, um, this, this friend that was, uh, his job was to make sure that when, um, my work, my, my airman would go to him to go get work. You know, this is on the aircraft. He would, he was in charge of giving him his duties for the day on the aircraft. And I talked to him like, man, this guy, like, I just cannot get him to do, you know, what's your experience with him? Just to try to get another take. I want a different perspective because we were at our wits end with him. And, uh, he said, you know what? Um, he works really good for me. Here's what you have to do. You have to challenge him. You can't treat him like all the other airmen. Some other people, I say, hey, go do this, and they go do it. This guy, I what he the approach he took, I thought it was very interesting, and it might have saved him a couple months. He still got yeah. kicked out, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it saved him a couple months because it really did, and it opened my eyes as as a leader. It opened my eyes like, hey, you know, be aware of this other this other uh, way of leading. But he what he did is he challenged this person. He yeah. said, Hey, airman so and so, I bet you cannot 
um, fix that, you know, airplane right in, within two hours. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, I have two other people. They're working on it. They're already done. I bet you can't get it done in two, how, two hours. And right. he took the challenge. He was like, Oh yeah, I can. He's like, no, nah, I don't think you have it in you. Like, you know, and he challenged the ceremony and it was interesting because the way the feedback we got from that was just not even it. Well, I'm not even looking at the same airman on paper. Yeah. Like I have this guy who's lazy. He's lackadaisical, doesn't like to do work. And then this challenge airman was different than that person. Yeah. Like I said, it did, it did sink in like, wow. Okay. You sometimes you got to challenge somebody yeah. rather than just tell them what to do. Yeah. I think the, the big part of that is you got to figure out what does it take for a person to grow? Everybody's going to do differently. Yeah, differently. So with him and your, in your unit or whatever you call that in the air force and your flight crew, um, and you're walking people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it, what does it take for that individual to grow and to fit the purpose that you need them to fit? That, and some are that, hey, I've got to challenge him. I can't just tell him what to do. I've got to, it's got to feel like a challenge to him. Yeah. Like, and, and then some they grow and flourish that. in that. And you're helping him develop character. Right. Without even realizing it or thinking about it. And that's the whole point is that you don't, when someone, a new convert comes in, they, they experience a powerful conversion. Um, through baptism in Jesus' name, infilling of the Holy Ghost, they've got to start developing character. And you don't want that conversion to occur without developing character. Um, sometimes we push people too far too fast, right? Or we expect too much of them, and they haven't developed their character. Right. Right? We want them to do certain things or be certain ways, and they, they haven't developed their character yet. We want them to look a certain way, and they have not developed the character for that yet. Um, and as a servant leader... You've got to recognize that, uh, hey, there's there's a there's a new guy in the church, or there's you know we've we've got a new convert, and I want to show him that it doesn't take alcohol to have a good time. Right. I want him to develop character that you don't have to use off-colored language to get your point across. Yeah. That you know you you can do things a different way, and it takes putting yourself out there, um, which is a big responsibility uh, when it comes to a servant leader. And if you're not at the level where you can handle that, well, then you need to rethink your position as a servant leader. You need to rethink, am I, am I, should I be in this position? Should I be doing what I'm doing then? Because I haven't developed into the place where I can't be influenced. I'm being influenced. Oh, that's um, a good point. And so that's, it's a big, it's such a, causes a lot of people to fall. It causes even good people to fall when they move too fast yeah, because I think they're at that point they're just imitating what they see. Right. It's not. It's not. It means nothing to them. They just realize, hey, to hang out with this, you know, this type of people, yeah, I have to watch my mouth a little bit. But when right. they leave, they're not watching. They're not right. monitoring it. They're going back to their old ways. So right. yeah, you want to get them to develop their own character that that is you know right that is in church now. You know? And then the last one for shallow discipleship that as servant leaders we have to kind of stay away from. Um, and that is allowing people to be converted without developing convictions. Um, new converts got to develop convictions. And when you're discipling someone, and now we're not talking, we're not talking about the topics of new converts. This is not for new converts. Yes, new converts need to develop convictions. A servant leader needs to help them with that. Okay. Right? They need to help them with that. And if you see someone that, you know, they're, they're a new convert and they want to grow in God, but they're just not, um, developing any kind of conviction. They get, in, you, they get invited to their, you get invited to their house to eat dinner 
and they're pouring wine, you know, you got to stand up as a servant leader and say, Hey man, so I, I don't, we don't drink wine. Wait, what? What do you mean? This is no, news we to me. <laughs> we don't, we don't, I, we don't drink at all. We don't drink wine or anything like that. Um, you're, believe it or not, you're helping them develop a conviction. Yeah. And that's a really extreme example. I, I understand that. But there are other things like, hey, I, I've never heard you cuss before. Why not? Well, here's why. You're, you need to be able to explain to them why. And, well, why, why don't you curse? Well, you know, there's a better way to talk. God doesn't like that. You know, I don't need to get my point across with cursing. I don't need to, my language. It doesn't help me at right. all. And you help them develop that conviction. Um. Because being converted without convictions is is an absolute way to backslide. It's a where you won't you won't stay in conversion. You'll lose a new disciple, you know, or you'll lose a new disciple. You'll lose a new convert really quick. Um, so, as a servant leader, you've got to learn to recognize you can't be someone who's a shallow discipler. You've got to be willing to kind of get close to people. And develop relationships and develop these things. When you say a shallow disciple, uh, you know, or discipler, I think of follow through. Absolutely. You know, I think of, uh, you know, cause you could, I've thought, I think of times where, uh, you know, uh, you can work on somebody so much and then you feel like, hey, they're doing better. They're doing, you can be now as, and this is where too, like you have to be honest with yourself and, they are they really where they need to be? Are they where I want them to be as a as a mentor? Like, right. look at yourself because that's a thing. That's how quick that that position of mentor to mentee can change. Because here you are, right? Right. If you're a servant leader in the church, right, and, and you're, um, you know, and even even pastors have counsel, right? right? But I'm just thinking of of not the pastor. I'm thinking of like where kind of like where my position is at. You know, where, it's, and it, where it, it applies the same. If you're an assistant to the pastor, you're a senior NCO in the military, wherever exactly. it's at. But you're going to always have somebody who you are accountable right. to, who's going to help you grow. But in that same sense, you may, you may be, um, you want to help them grow to that level, right? Right. But then you also want to understand like, uh, how quick you could switch from now being their mentor to, um, yeah, I'm good. Like, hey, you see, so and Tony's, you know, I'm throwing a word out there. I don't right. know anybody named Tony. <laughs> throwing a name out there, but like Tony's coming to church. He's doing this. He's doing that. But if people can, you you have such optimistic hope that he's doing so great. But maybe someone sees that he's he's really not. He's really not where he needs to be. But you, as as his mentor, coach, discipler, um, you're kind of like opt hope. You know, your head, your your was it your head's in the clouds about it. Yeah. You're not realistically looking at him. He still needs a lot of work, but you're like, oh, he's good. And then you go work right. on somebody else, but you never follow through and come back and right. make sure that he's still progressing. Right. And that, and that's, I think that's something you got to be careful of and be aware of. Yeah. You got to be extremely careful of that. I mean, the truth is, is I will say this 100% of the time. The truth is a person that does that doesn't want to get involved in someone's life. True. They don't want to follow through. They don't want to follow. They don't want to follow through. You know, I don't have the time to be working on him like that. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to be working with that family like that. Well, then you, you need to rethink your position as a servant leader. You need, if you don't have time to get involved in someone's life to really disciple them, then, then think, then rethink your position as a servant leader or a leader in the church. Um, because, uh, 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 praying someone through to the Holy ghost is the first step. Absolutely. That is, that is just, it's a first step. And I'm not saying it's a, please understand. I don't mean this as a little step. 
but it's just the first step. The big picture is to disciple them in the long run. That's the big picture. And that requires follow-up. That requires getting close to them. That that requires understanding where they're at, who they are, how they, you know, the, the, the hills that they need to climb, the mountains they need to climb, the valleys they got to walk through. Um, sometimes that, that you got to get in the weeds with them. You got to get in the mud with them. And um, if you're not willing to do that, uh, rethink your position because someone getting baptized and getting the Holy Ghost is just the first steps. It's an important step. It's a great step. It's a powerful step. Um, but it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Um, you need to be, you need to get involved in their life as a servant leader to disciple them in the long run. When we evangelized, when my wife and I evangelized, when we evangelized full time, uh, there was, and I think I've mentioned this before, but there was a particular church that we went to and there was a young lady and this has now been six years ago, seven years ago. And there was a young lady who came to the church while we were there. And, um, and it might've been right before we were there, but she spray painted the church like, like tagged on she the tagged church on the church. Wow. And you know, we, and she was, we saw a lot of potential in her and my wife began to, the pastor asked my wife if she would work with her and, and I would counsel with her. And we did, we did. And, um, seven years late. Well, okay. After we finished that revival, the pastor asked my wife if she could continue to Bible study with her and talk with her on the phone. Huh. And so for months after that, my, my wife would Bible study with this young lady over the phone and she would talk with her sometimes counsel with her and continue and hear out her problems and hear out her months after we left this church. Yeah. That's follow through. That's follow through. <laughs> and years later, we years later, we saw this young lady night and day. She's doing amazing in the church. She's a beautiful young lady just in the will of God and doing wonderful. That takes a lot of effort. That's not a little thing. That's no. a big deal. And if you're going to be a servant leader, that's the kind of work that's ahead of you. Um, it's a good example. So now we know what to stay away from and we know what to look for kind of in people as far as uh, conversion without commitment, conversion without developing character, conversions without convictions. Um, but how do we do, how do we disciple deeper? How do we disciple someone deeper. Well, there's three ways. I, it just, just my development. I've read this in a book, but I'm in, it, it's, I, I really believe in this, um, because I've gotten involved with people this way. And the first way you're going to do this is it's always going to start off. Even the, even if you're the one that's invited them to church and they got the Holy ghost based on your invitation, or they got baptized in Jesus name or both based on your invitation. And I don't want this to sound like what it's not, but I'm going to use the word anyway, but it's a distant discipleship. And basically what it means, it's discipleship by influence or discipleship by example. Yeah. You, if you want to develop a worshiper, you have to be a worshiper yourself. New converts need to see the servant leaders within their church worshiping. New converts need to see, um, People running the aisles. They need to see people clapping. They need to see people uh, in the church shouting amen when their pastor or the preacher is preaching 
and he's getting with it. They need to see people working at the church, right? A new convert needs to see that this is not just a church where I attend on Sunday and I go home and I never think about it again. Right. Yeah, it's true. Right. I don't know how many new converts we've had here in our local church where I have been here working at the church and they've seen me in the yard working or doing something and they showed up and like, wow, you're here all the time. (laughs) Wow. Do you need any help? Or other people that have been here and they see you working um, and they, and and they want to work just because they saw you working. So you're leading, you're discipling by example. So that's kind of at a distance. I wanted to be here just because you're here. Right, I see what you're doing. People are naturally going to begin to cling. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it flock or gravitate towards servant leaders. Yeah, and they're going to begin to take on characteristics of that servant leader. Yeah, we 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 had discussed. Um, I think our first or second episode, we were talking about authority and power and um, how the type of leadership approach you take. If you do the power, it will erode a relationship it just eventually if you're if you're wielding that stick and you're just right bashing people over the head with it like you will do this you will do that um that's going to erode eventually but man when someone allows you to have authority in their life right and starts to look to you as the example i mean i think that is that is a people gravitate towards that they Absolutely. just do and and I've, I've shared before that is i've tried so hard to take that approach um you know on my job in the military i've tried so many try to sustain that throughout my career. And I feel like the, the feedback I get in the way that I do that is it's positive. Now there has been people that have told me like, Hey, you need to be more commanding, be more demanding, things like that. I've gotten that feedback, but I, it's, it's like we said, there is a great balance between the all that. That's what a good uh, servant leader can find that balance. He knows when he has to be a little bit more, um, you know, use a little bit more of that power that they have in that relationship, that dynamic, or when they need to be, um, hey, like I'm just going to show you by my example. Maybe I can't – if you're not catching on because I'm telling you to do something, maybe I just got to show you how to do it. Right. And so here is something that happens a lot. A new convert would come in and say, man, I see you worship, man. I wish I could do that. <laughs> you can. Right? I mean you can. Yeah. And maybe you don't tell them this, mm-hmm. but the next service you're there – you go to them, and if you're a guy that likes to worship with the crowd up in the front, you invite them there. Invite them, yeah. Hey, you want to come it's up effective. in the front? We'll stand. We don't have to stand all the way up in the front, but we'll move to the back. But come up in the front with me. If you know someone's desiring to develop that relationship of of a characteristic that you have, you know, that's discipleship by influence. Now use that. Hey, that guy wants to worship like I do. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I wish I could pray like you. Hey, why don't I call you the next time I come to the church and pray? You want to come with me? You interested? And then all of a sudden you're asking them to develop a prayer life. And you, I mean, you're, you're helping them develop a prayer life. Right. That, that's a big deal. So is, you're, you're yeah, discipling absolutely. by influence. Um, you don't have to schedule them for a prayer meeting. I mean, some people will call up and tell you, I'm interested in the character you have. Um, how do I get that? That's really what they're asking. How do I do that? Yeah. How do I develop that? They don't need to say that in order to ask that. They need to show their interest in it. Sure. Um, so that's the first level. When someone, a new, especially a new convert, begins to say something like that to you, and you're a servant leader, recognize that. Learn to recognize that that person wasn't just complimenting me on my worship. 
They were asking if they could be a worshiper. And I need to show them and help them with that because I'm a servant leader, right? So that's that first step. Develop that on your own. Apply that anywhere. Man, you really, the Bible really opens up to you. That's pretty awesome. Don't just, oh, thank you for that compliment. Wow, right. that's wonderful. We just had someone uh, visit, and uh, they were they were uh, explaining that. They're like, you could do this. You right. Can, you can do this. Right. And, and, and he, you know, he did give us some tools that night where we're doing this. Uh, it was in our Bible study night, but he could, it could absolutely, he could have sat here and showed everybody how to use it, every tool. But he said, here are the tools. Right. And then let me show you. And actually, that's what appealed to me the most as I was sitting there listening to this man give this uh, Bible study. He said, he said, Hey, look, these are the things that you can use, but also let me show you. And, and man, he was some deep, deep points in the Bible, right. deep theological ideas that, I mean, I've read, you know, some of these scriptures before and it's never appealed to me that way, but right. he was breaking down. I mean, you know, and I know how to use a concordance Bible, but man, it was like he knew the ins and outs of the culture and how they looked at this object or whatever it was. And, and some of it, I would say, like when I first got in, that would go straight over my head. Right. But the fact that it was opening up to me, it's, and he was encouraging everybody, you can do this. It just takes time. Like you need to dedicate time to reading your Bible. Right. You got to pray about it. You got to be in the Holy Ghost. It's things like that. But when you, when you do that, like, I mean, he was the example. He was the absolute example of that. So, right. So, excuse me. So think about it like this. You know, you're raising a son and you're a mechanic and your son shows an inc- a, a sign that he might be interested in mechanics. Okay. I mean, you don't walk up. If he shows his interest, you don't start him with dropping an engine. Right. You start him with showing him what a wrench is. Yeah. You know, and you help him. Hey, let me show you. Hand me on the side of the little socket. It says the size, the five eighths or whatever. Look mm-hmm. for that. Hand that to me. And you show them, you get them interested in that kind of thing. If someone walks, Oh, dad, that was really cool how you took that. What's that called? Oh, you mean how I took the alternator off? Well, yeah. You know what? Let me show you how to drop a transmission. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you, you yeah. take that little piece of what, the, and hey, let me show you what the wrench is. And here's what the alternator does. Yeah. You know, and this is, this is what it's for. And you can help me tighten the belt on that when I get it back on. Right. And you feed that. In the church, you've got to recognize when a new convert or someone walks in and says, man, this church is a worshiping church. Yeah, this, you yeah, know what, this amen. is a worshiping church. That might mean they want to, they want to worship with they us. They want to partake. They want they to join wanna participate. So start feeding that. Start right away. Take that as a, as an invitation. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 to help them develop that characteristic within themselves. Um, the next one is it's general discipleship. And what this is, it's discipleship by proximity. If someone wants to be close to you and they're a new convert, don't push them away. Watch things that could push them away because they're wanting, they're wanting to have a, a, a nearness to you, a closeness with you. They want to get closer to you. They want to develop characteristics like you. They want to develop, you know, into a, a, a saint of God. They want to develop. So they want to be close to you. 
help them with that. You know, don't leave them out of events. Um, an example would be on a men's day out. If there was, if the pastor announces, Hey, there's a men's day and that person walks up and says, and that man walks up and says, Hey, uh, I'd like to go to that men's day. You better be going to that men's day. Yeah. <laughs> go to that men's don't. Well, Hey, that men's day, you can go at this time. I'm not going to be there. I'm busy. No, no free up time. No free up time. Yeah. They came to you and saying, feed, feed it. Feed it. Yeah. They came to you. They didn't come to someone else saying, I'd like to go. They came to you. Take that as an opportunity that they're wanting to be close to you. Um, man, you cook some great burgers. You made some good burgers at that church picnic. That might be them saying, hey, I'm, I'm interested in learning how to cook. I've always wanted to learn how to barbecue. Yeah. You know, I've always wanted to learn how to do that. I mean, if you're interested in a hobby, you're going to put yourself around people that know that. Hobby. Absolutely. Yeah, you're going to so, you're going to educate yourself. You're going to. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone's doing that um, in the church, feed that, feed it for them, help them to get close to you. Um, discipleship by proximity is a big deal. You can't be a servant leader and not be close to people. You have to make yourself available. You have to make yourself make available. Yourself be around. Um, that's why a pastor will say, we're the friendliest church in town. He's hoping that there are some saints or servant leaders in the church that get a hold of the fact that we are the friendliest church in town. And then visitors hear that and say, well, if they're friendly, then, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to be a part of this. I, I want to learn. Man, that brother over there, he loves to pray. I'd love to pray like him. You know, man, I'd love to have a house like he has. And that's an invitation. Let me yeah. tell you how I got this house. Yeah. Read you know, about it. Yeah. Let me <laughs> I'll tell you how God bless God. God can bless yeah. you too. Discipleship through proximity is a big deal. Then um, the last one is, and I know this feels like we've been doing all of these during this, and maybe you have to an extent, mm -hmm. um, but it's now it's discipleship by relationship. I have a relationship with this individual. They are my brother. They are my sister. We don't want to live for God without each other. I want my brother to be here. We pray together. We fast together. He is wanting this person I'm, de I'm developing with. They want to be around us. They want to be around me. They want to like what I like. Um, I think too often we lose that in our churches way too often. It's in our Sunday schools where, you know, my Sunday, you know, I, I've been a Sunday school teacher for years before I was ever in the ministry and I've had young children. Man, I wish I had a dad like that, like you. And he wants to be around me and I take him out to eat with me when they're a Sunday school person. I, I've bought clothes for Sunday school kids and they want to be around us and our family. We've taken them out. Look, at a new code, when you got a new convert, it's the same way. It shouldn't change. Right. They want to be around us. Yeah, it can be taxing. I, I understand that. You might lose out on your in-between service naps. You, you I love might, my in-between service yeah, naps. Yeah, you might lose but that. Man, give a little bit of time. Like, you yeah, know, give, give, give some, them time some time. And look, I know we live in the day of inflation. Um, food's expensive. But let me tell you. If there's a family in the church that's a new convert family and um, they're new 
and they're looking around or they're hungry or, you know, they eat. And I, this is going to sound funny and I'll explain it. Everybody sometimes eats cereal in the afternoon mm-hmm. and in the evenings, right? Right. And if you can't afford to put together a meal, you, I, I promise you, you can afford a box of cereal and some milk and say, hey, we're having breakfast for lunch today. <laughs> you want to come over this and have some milk and do. cereal? This <laughs> Make is, them comfortable about it. Right? Yeah. Um, we're doing that today. You want to come over and have some cereal with us? They're going to laugh. They're going to think it's funny, but they're going to go. Likelihood they're is they're going to go. That. Yeah, if they're looking, they're looking, for, looking that. for that. So develop that relationship with them. Um, and they, they're, they're going to show you they want a relationship with you. And you just got to learn to feed it. And don't be afraid of it. Don't be, um, don't be distant to it. Uh, don't be just where it's too much of an inconvenience. If you're a servant leader, it's not an inconvenience to disciple someone. Absolutely. We not. are missing this in right. our, in a lot of churches. People fall through the cracks because of lack of discipleship. Um, just, and I, I don't want to see that happen anymore. Yeah. So this is a really big deal. Having a personal relationship with them. It, you know, and it, it starts, you know, you mentioned you, you did the Sunday school for you even got a ministry. You know what? I really enjoyed, uh, Driving the vans to go pick up Sunday school kids. Yeah. And just that, it wasn't a long time, but it was probably about like, you know, 10 minutes you get from in between commuting. But kids are so honest and they're so care, like carefree. Yeah. And, and they'll tell you exactly what they want. Yeah. You know, I, I know of, uh, these, these gentlemen that were, you know, in this, the church I was going to for a while and they would take the kids out. It's so funny that we would always wonder why they showed up late. They're always like at least five minutes late. But you know what they did, and I and I appreciate and respect it. They would take the kids to go get McDonald's. Mm. You know, hey, everyone's going to yeah. get and and you know, it, like you said, like the inflation stuff's expensive. So yeah, maybe they didn't get the happy meal they wanted, but like everyone's going to get a sandwich. Yeah, everyone's going to get a drink. Right. Or they take them after after service. They before they took them home, they'd buy them all Slurpees at Seven Eleven or something. Right. Absolutely. And it's just that investment that you if you can if you can get that that idea that with children. That yep. They love to be around people, not because of material things. I mean, that mm-hmm. was nice that they did that, but it's, they show that they care. They're investing in these kids. How much more should we do that in adults that have, they're jaded? They're, they're coming from, again, I mentioned the boot camp. They're coming from right. different walks of life. They're coming from different walks of life. And you know, when they get into the military, everybody gets shirts, everybody gets uniforms, the same. everybody <laughs> the gets same boots, shirts. <laughs> everybody's going to get a meal, everybody's going to drink water. Yep. And they're all going to get mm-hmm. a shower. They're even, even, you know what? Going into boot camp, um, you know, we have day one. But on on day one, at the end of day one, you walk up. There's this cage that we would walk up to in the army, and they would give us 120 bucks each. Yeah, they gave me 120 bucks. Then the next morning, we went to the post exchange in the army. We call it the PX, and they we had a list of personal care items that we had to buy. And so we had to go and buy these personal care items, toothbrush, a razor, um, toothpaste. Single blade razor. Yeah, single blade razor. <laughs> it was everybody got the single blade razor. And, well, that was all you could get. It wasn't everybody. It was all you could get. Um, but you got these personal care items to put everybody on the same page. And because and they know they're investing in them. Yeah, we're paying them ahead of time. Um, and it may not work out. You know, they may get into trouble. They may be the worst soldier ever, um, but we're all getting it. 
and we're going to give it to all of them and we're going to invest in them. Um, and they did. And in the church, we got to do the same thing. I mean, we need, we need to, we need disciples. We need people that are willing to invest in, in, in new converts to help our churches grow because that's, it's just so needed. It's need. Our church is doing a great job. You're doing a great job in our church. You disciple people. Um, but the laborers really truly are few. Oh man. Yeah. Um, we do need, mind we do laborers. need laborers and we need appropriate laborers. We need people that know how to do it. And everybody does. They just need to have a want to. You're going to develop friends. You're going to develop friends. You're going to develop someone at work and you're going to have a relationship with that person. You're going to learn how to get along. Eventually you're going to go to lunch with them. And eventually you guys are going to text each other. The relationship, you're going to develop relationships. Naturally. 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 Let that happen in the church with our new converts. Let that happen in our church with the new converts. So discipleship, big deal. I know I I use those words a lot. Big deal. Big deal. It's a big deal. (laughs) These things are big deals to us. They are all big deals. You know, because servant leadership is a big deal. It's a big deal. It's it's, how we grow people in the church. It's how we grow people. Becoming a servant leader is so important. Um, it is the only biblical concept of leadership in the Bible. It's the only concept of leadership in the Bible. Yeah, that is talk, servant leadership. We talked about how leader, you won't find leader. It's not there. And, it, and it's kind of like a bad word. Like it it's was kind of dictator. Dictator. But it's, it's almost like when, when you look at the way we do leadership is completely different. When Jesus comes on scene, it's, Discipleship is He eats with the sinner. He feeds the 5,000. He heals all their sickness. He washes their feet. Washes their feet. He does all. Everything is about serving. Everything is about serving. Um, I want to tie some things together. You're talking about, and I I just remember when you're talking about the the hygiene items you had to buy (laughs) with your first paycheck, your $120 paycheck. You didn't get all your hygiene items? No, I got them all. And I didn't even, (laughs) let me tell you the two things I didn't know how to use was shaving cream and a razor. (laughs) Because when I went to basic training, it was the first time I ever shaved. Oh, wow. So I was terrified and you're getting screamed at, hurry up, hurry up. You know, you're you're getting screamed at and and I'm looking at this razor and I'm watching other other men, these are 18 year old, 19, you know, whatever age they're coming in the military. And I'm trying to see how they shave. Um, I just, you know, I just never, never shaved my face. Wow. So I went in there and I'm thinking, wow, you know what? That is exactly when I came to church. I was watching these people pray in the spirit. They were speaking in other tongues. They were running around and I'm like, and that's, I, I always, is such that? were some of you, you know, such right. were some of you. So you got to remember if you're in this, if you're in the position of a servant leader, and and you've said several times throughout the show, like, hey, you got maybe you got to rethink it, rethink it, but don't take long. Figure out what you want to do. If you want to push forward, add these tools that we're putting in our podcast. Right, add them to your toolbox. Right, let them help somebody. But just remember, there's someone in the, in your in your church that it might be their first time praying. You know, just like it was my first time shaving. And right. I was, but the thing is, like, hey, I'll tell you what, in them. the church, that that is not uncommon in ways. We have people that walk into the church that have never shaved, that don't shower right. That don't take care Military of themselves. Too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They don't yeah, teach them. They've Airmen never stinky. been taught. You have young men and young women yeah. that have never been taught to take care of their Bibles or their bodies. Sorry, their bodies. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. They, that that's discipleship in the church. Yeah, it, it's discipleship, and, and you got to be ready to tackle those things as they come. You got to be ready, and, to tackle and it's it's something you probably again we talked about being a guide and being a leader. It's the you difference. shouldn't have to be, if you shouldn't have to have walked where they walked. 
to be able to lead them. Right. You, yes, you may know how to take care of your body. You may know how to keep certain commitments, but teach somebody, reach out to them and teach them how to keep those commitments. Teach them how to, how, how to serve, you know, right. Get them, like I said, just think of the snow, the footprints in the snow. You want them to walk in those same footprints. Make sure you got, make sure you leave footprints for them to follow. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Amen. I hope you guys got something out of this one. Discipleship this week. Um, Next one, we'll see where God leads us. God bless. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.